Hey friends, welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm happy that you can join me today in connecting with photographers and entrepreneurs as we discuss photography, business, and oh yeah, that sometimes messy thing that we call life. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Just visit photographersedit.com. All right, Boca Podcast listeners, we are back for yet another episode. And after a few technical difficulties, I'm, I'm here with uh, my new friend, Shauna and Jordan Cooney. Thank you all so much for doing the Boca Podcast today. Oh, absolutely. We're yes. so excited. Thank you for having us. We're, 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 we're very excited. Well, and it's a privilege and it always is. Honestly, this is kind of a, a one of the fun elements of my so-called job in the photo industry with Photographer's Edit it is the Boca podcast. And I get to have conversation with photographers from around the industry and continuing to to work at hopefully not only creating enjoyable conversation, but ultimately adding value. And to that point, we're going to get into a topic that we haven't really covered on the podcast to date yet, which is to do with finding and ultimately capturing your ideal client. We're going to tap into this pretty big topic actually here in just a little bit. But before we do, there's a question that I ask at the beginning of, of the conversations here at Boca Podcast, which has to do with a photography business or more specifically your photography business's brand position. I'm going to do it a little bit different today though, because I'm honestly pretty stoked that I pulled up your website. For those of you listening in, <laughs> shaunaandjordan.com. Shauna spelled S-H-A-U-N-A, and then just the word and, and then Jordan, J-O-R-D-O-N.com. <laughs> of course, we'll link to this in the show notes at bookapodcast.com. But props to you guys for actually having a very clear and distinct brand position on the homepage of your website. So there's no confusion. And right there, it says on the homepage, we create images that impact marriages. And you kind of expand on that a little bit on the About Us page as well, that the last line actually in this few paragraphs that you have under Meet the Coonies, it says, we help to create marriages that last. So again, props to you, first of all, for actually having something that's unique, but then this is a pretty big statement. So can you actually share what you mean by impacting marriages with your imagery? Yeah, Nathan, you're going to make me cry first thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, she is. What are we teary-eyed? As I am. Oh, wow. I hope that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, it is. We just feel so strongly about what we do. So one of the things that we really thrive ourselves on and pride ourselves on is the fact that we create an experience for our CUNY couples. And that's the biggest thing. We would say that's what sets us apart from other people, that we, of course, create beautiful images. And a lot of people do. But that at the end of the day, we are creating images that on our couple's hardest days, when they walk by their canvas line walls, or their beautiful wedding albums, that those photos are going to help to root them into the reason that they married their best friend. Um, Jordan and I both come from families who went through divorces um, when we were seven years old across different sides of the country. We were going through the same thing, even though we didn't know each other. Wow. And we just feel like we have this gift with our business to be able to create an impact in our couple's relationships. So that way they'll have you know, a core and a community there for them that will last the test of time. So, you know, we have a Facebook group for our couples. We do date nights with our couples every few months, wow. just kind of a place for us to get like-minded people around one another and to help create like positive memories with their spouse through their entire experience with us. We want to help create those really meaningful memories for them. So when they look back to their wedding planning process and the day that they married their best friend, they're reminded of like the joy and the fun that they had, not just with us, but with each other. Wow. Okay. So I, I, there are multiple directions we could go here, but first of all, I'm, I, I heard date nights. Can you explain 
and, and, and this is actually really great because I, my, my question originally was going to be like, how do you actually, I understand creating images that are hanging in the walls of your client's homes that help take them back to remind them of the, their relationship at kind of its early stages when they were really feeling connected and crazy about each other. Taking it back mm-hmm. to that is really important, but that's only an, an element, right, of creating a yeah. lasting, healthy, and ideally passionate relationship. Um, date nights is a, that's that's a really interesting thing to me. What does that actually look like? How do you draw the the clients in for these date nights? So I think that it also starts from the moment that they meet us. So I kind of have to take it back a little bit. So when we meet with our couples, a lot of photographers, you know, they might buy coffee or maybe they do have a some sort of like, you know, consultation gift. Um, Jordan and I do not buy coffee for our couples when they meet with us. When they come and meet with us, we would rather just invest our money in something that would be more meaningful to them than a cup of coffee. Because coffee's gone in 10 minutes. Yeah. And so we, regardless of if a couple works with us or not, our goal is to, and this kind of roots back to our, our business why, which I can, I talk about a little bit later as well, but our business why is to create lasting marriages for our couples. And so whether or not a couple books with us, we gift them a book Mm. and the book is the five love languages. And that's because it was a book that was so impactful in mine and Jordan's relationship. And so we tell that couple that whether they book us or not, we want to help to create an impact in their marriage and that they at least in some form, know that we are here cheering them on, whether they're a Cooney couple or not. And that's kind of how we start our entire experience with our couples. And it's not about booking them. It truly is about making an impact in their marriage. And so because of that, I think that our couples, when they work with us, they just know, they know that we're here to be their cheerleaders. They know that we're here to help, you know, create meaningful memories with their spouse. And so we kind of create these date nights as like um, events in our Facebook group that we have for Cooney couples, invite them to it. And I'm not going to lie, Nathan, like the first one that we had, we had two couples show up, <laughs> but it was fun. And we didn't care because yeah. we, didn't we, care. We, had a good time. we made an impact in two marriages that night. And so we went ahead and we, you know, took photos. And did you do this at your home or, or did you take them out or? This one was out at a, it, it was at a place called AR Workshop. So it's where you kind of like build your own craft and they're usually like um, wooden pieces that hang in your home. So Jordan and I made one for ourselves too. All of the couples like, you know, this, it was six of us, but all three couples, including ourselves did it. And we took photos of the event, yeah. you know, just the date night and we, we blogged it. And then just like anything that you do, our other couples saw that and they were like, oh, that looks really fun. And so we hosted another one um, that was, is just like a happy hour just for us all to get together and talk. And I, I can't even tell you how many of our couples came to that one. It was I think a ton. There was like six or six No, or I would say there was about 10, 10 or more that ended up okay. showing up because they kind of trickled in and out through <laughs> That's the night. That's true, yeah. But yeah, it was, it's just, and it just snowballed from there to having more and more couples coming. We are planning a summer date night. We're really excited about it. <laughs> um, we're going to do like a pedal boat. You know how you can like do like pedal, like pedal tours. Yeah. Um, it's like, it's like a pedal tour, but on a boat, it's going to be really fun. But yeah. That's, that's what we do. And it's just an excuse for us all to, like I said, just to get together and kind of make, make memories together and to introduce like-minded people. Well, but ultimately what you're, what, what's driven by that activity is your desire to make an impact. And, you know, it reminds me, and this has been something kind of front of mind for me as of late, the significance of doing business for more than just business sake. Like we all, we all have certain, um, hopefully financial goals. We want to live a particular lifestyle and our business, our businesses enable that. But if it was just about numbers in the end, I know personally it would just it would feel relatively empty. Whereas if I know that I'm actually making a deeper impact, when I look at photographers edit, for example, we're 
I'm so thankful for the growth that we're continuing to see in our brand. And, and it's exciting to continue to, to be able to move forward, look to the future and, and plan for this continued growth and, and how we can ultimately serve our clients better. But if I didn't know that ultimately what we're literally doing is giving photographers time back in their lives so that they can focus on relationships, so that they can focus on things that will actually grow their business, it just wouldn't have the same impact on my life. And, and certainly it wouldn't affect our clients in the same way. And so I love that what you're doing is driven by a deeper why, a deeper motivation that goes way, way beyond you, your business, the numbers. It's actually imp- impacting people's lives on a deeper basis. And I, again, I have to give you major props, not only for that, but um, and on a slightly less trite or, or slightly more trite level, um, I, I'm just impressed by the fact that you all actually have something distinct because there, there are way too many photographers, portrait, wedding or otherwise, who, I don't mean, you see, you see this kind of displayed in different ways. Uh, I, I think about one of the most common things that you see when it comes to brand position in our industry is in the three words, you know, bright, airy and joyful or you know, mm-hmm. fill in the blank with any number of descriptives. This this is it may describe the brand on a very surface level, but what does that actually mean in a deeper level? And how is this going to actually help sustain the business for the long run? And how is it actually making a deeper impact on those people that you're serving? Another word that also doesn't get used a whole lot in our industry when it comes to to our businesses and our brand. And so the fact that you all are focused on serving your clients and actually making a deeper impact in their lives and again to boot you actually have a distinct brand position, something that will truly set your photography business apart from other photographers in your market and beyond uh, is really, really impressive. And this is a great example for those of you listening in who've been listening for a, a long time to the Boca podcast. We talk about brand position all the time. And, and honestly, it's very rare that we actually hear a distinct one, one that actually will help a, br- a business stand out and that also is associated with a deeper impact. So all that to say, props to you guys. Really, really good. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I don't mean to drone on either, but this is this is really, really great to actually see and, and on, on multiple levels. Let's go to the next one, though. What From all that you've learned in your business thus far, I'm curious what you would say is the most impactful lesson that you've learned. Like if you actually had, you know, let's say 10, 15, 20 seconds to share a piece of advice with a fellow photographer, what would that be? I think, and this might be biased because we are former teachers, but for me, I think the biggest thing that I could tell, it doesn't matter if you're new, old, novice, whatever, um, don't be afraid to invest in education and to continue learning. We know as teachers how powerful continuing education is. And we always say that when you stop learning, you stop growing. And when we hit that day in our lives, that is when we, we have failed as just human beings, whether it's like education and like, you know, you're doing self, you know, improvement, or if it's business related, I just feel like as individuals, we should always be learning and growing. Um, so to me, I think that's the biggest thing. Education can propel you so far so fast. Well, and, and we were talking about this briefly before we started recording too, that it kind of, I don't know, life just doesn't seem as interesting if you're not growing, if you're not learning, yeah. you're not having new experiences. I mean, Jordan, I'm, I'm curious, what is it that you guys do to keep things interesting in your relationship? As much in, uh, focus as you put on um, the, the relationships that your clients have with each other. What's something that you and Shauna do to kind of keep things interesting and exciting in your relationship? With with Shauna and I, like we are very homebodies. Like we are okay with you know sitting at home, putting on TV, and just chilling. So we are okay with that, and we do that like 
95 percent of the time (laughs) we're okay with you know going out buying a bottle of wine and popcorn and just chilling in and watching you know some tv so we are i don't know that that. i've ever had wine and popcorn together is that is that a good combo oh it is fantastic yes get on it nathan really small addiction yep it's our small addiction we we might need to talk to somebody about it um (laughs) okay what kind of popcorn though Oh, we, we, we okay, just go by no, cheap. No. So it doesn't matter. The popcorn doesn't matter. But what does yes. matter okay, is that too. there's the popcorn seasoning and we use the jalapeno uh, popcorn seasoning. And it is so good. It's got a little spice, but it's good. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, Wait, jalapeno popcorn seasoning. This is a new yeah. one. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so, there's a bunch of different ones out there, but yeah. Oh, I didn't mean to interrupt your your flow there, though, Jordan. So, so popcorn, oh, yeah. wine, and Netflix <laughs> is kind of the, the summation of, of the, the adventures in your relationship. Yep, that, like I said, that's about ninety five percent of it. Um, but what what actually what Sean and I are, we're very uh, family oriented, so we love making time um, to hang out with both sides of our family as many people as we can. So whether mm-hmm. that's just going to their house and eating dinner and hanging out, whatever, or if it, that involves uh, hosting people at our house, uh, we are more than happy to do that. Although that one rarely happens. Um, <laughs> but the other thing too is like we like to schedule things at least at least do um, one event a month. As far as like, you know, going out, whether that's to a game or going to, you know, a sporting event or, you know, just doing something, whether that is with family or not, but just having things to look forward to, whether that's once a month, twice yeah. a month, whatever. But what I think that's part of, I'm realizing lately as well, more that the significance of growth is that, you know, it gives you something to work toward or to look toward. I've mentioned a number of times now in the podcast that I began riding motorcycles let's see, it's been about three years or so ago. And the this process of learning to ride a motorcycle, more specifically a motorcycle on a racetrack, is just, it's a daunting one. And it's, and it's honestly fear-inducing as well. But it, it also challenges you on a technical and a physical level in a way that is just, it's incredible. And so I have so much to work toward. I, I watch these professional racers and, and I realize, uh, or maybe don't even fully realize how much work I have to do to even get, you know, halfway to, to their level. There's so much to work toward. And that's just one small element of my life. I think challenging ourselves to continue to grow, whether it's personally or professionally, can make a big impact, not only in our business, but also the enjoyment of our personal life. Uh, and that's huge as well. And, you know, I mean, you can take advantage of, of recent books. I mean, it's certainly one way. And this is a good segue, actually, to my next question. Books are a great way to continue to learn and to grow. You mentioned the five love languages earlier, and we'll link to that in the show notes. Uh, and by the way, for those of you listening in, bocapodcast.com, this is where the, the links, the resources, the notes from today's conversation will be. So you make sure you check that out. But what's one of the most impactful business or self-help books that you all have read or listened to? All right. You just opened up Pandora's box. Awesome. <laughs> oh, let's do it. We're going to make a list. We Oh, gosh. I can give you like so many. We love books. We always say how like, I mean, yes, we're teachers, but also like the library is free. It is where you can- the public library. Yeah, yeah. Public library. Yeah. Public library is free. We That's one of the ways like when I say education, yes, there's education that you can pay for, you know, whether it be an online course or, you know, workshop, whatever it is, but going to the library and just learning from- other people, leaders in the industry can be free. And so for me, I have like two of my favorites that I read all of last year would be, um, it kind of depends on where you are in your business, but the power of habit by Charles Duhigg. Um, and that if you're a man listening to this, you will love that book. It's not like some chick book. It is so cool. He talks about like, uh, Michael Phelps and Dungy and like how habits can affect your life. That's and Tony Dungy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Did I, was that not clear? 
Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just oh, for people who don't know. Correct. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's also from Tampa. So. Yes. So, um, so that's a really good one that I love. And then I also love your best year ever by Michael Hyatt. Um, that's really good. If you're trying to get in a goal setting phase as teachers, we took a lot of classes on goal setting because you have to help kids with goal setting and you have to do a lot of professional goal setting. So it's really rare for me to find a book that talks about goals that I think is like on like on point and your best year ever to me is just it's an on point goal setting like very very step-by-step tactile great great read awesome okay. um, and as for me like before this business i was not a reader shauna definitely um <laughs> pushed me into uh the book aspect of life as i was okay with you know going to the library and renting calvin and Hobbes. like i was that kind of person <laughs> hey it's okay still reading that. right <laughs> <laughs> to me it is yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know like that's okay i don't have the collection in my garage or anything like that but um no the first book shauna actually got me on was a uh, start by john acuff which is actually actually the the sequel to quit but I felt like Start by John Acuff was definitely a good book for me as far as, you know, being that Calvin Hobbes type of person because it was very easy read, very fun read. And I actually like zoomed through that book in record time for, <laughs> for me. So, but it was also very helpful as far as our business went. And like I said, it just put me in that mindset or that mindset that it's okay, you know, to, you know, not be okay with what you're doing and, you know, push for what you want to do. So Start by John Acuff was definitely um, the number one for me. The second one that I just read was uh, Mastering Fear by Brandon Webb. He was a former Marine, so definitely another guy's read. And it's kind of that same same thing. It's like, you know, get out of your own head, you know, and just kind of take life. You know, take bull, take take the bull by the horns. That's, there we go. That's a good metaphor. <laughs> okay, cool. So we're going to link to all these. Power of Habit, Best Year Ever, Start, and then uh, it, it, that, what was the last one there? I'm actually... I, I, Mastering mastering yeah, fear. Master, that's I can't I, I literally can't read my own handwriting. I, I jotted it down and it was too messy. <laughs> that's really funny. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to actually link to all of these in the show notes. And again, for those of you listening in, take advantage of the show notes, Boca podcast, B-O-K-E-H podcast.com. And um, you can link to these. Uh, I think Haley's linking to these on Amazon. So you can check them out there. Uh, another question for you all the time. I mean, we're, it, it's easy to get caught up in the busyness of running your business and at, you know, at the end of the day, not even have time for Netflix, much less relationships or otherwise. What's something that you all do to create space, create time in your lives for each other, for other relationships and to do the things that you love? So I am a to-do list junkie. Um, <laughs> so for me, a big one is when we start scheduling things onto our calendar, we have a shared calendar. So that's a really big one for us. And in, in the sense of like making sure that we're creating time for ourselves as well as the business. Um, because otherwise we could totally just overbook ourselves yeah. or, you know, just fill our days with everything business related. So we have a shared calendar for that purpose. That way we can be on the same page. And then when it comes to the business, when, when Shana says shared calendar, she means on the iPhone. Yeah. We have okay. like an iPhone shared calendar for sure. But then when it comes to the business, what I find is it for me, my personality type, I am very type A, like go-getter. And so I had to start chunking my my tasks for the week. Um, and it's been really helpful for me in just not wanting to accomplish everything all on Monday and Tuesday. So like if I shoot a wedding on Saturday, I know that I've done some sneak peeks for my client that night. That means that Sunday I can probably take the day mostly off, assuming that we don't have a double header. Um, I try to protect our Sundays now. That wasn't something that I did initially in the business um, because I obviously... 
I wanted to love, I'm a lover and server. So I wanted to give our clients everything. But then as people say, you can't pour from an empty cup. So I started to learn that in order for us to do the things that we love, like see our family, I needed to start to protect a little bit of that time. So that way I could give more to our clients. So they've already gotten sneak peeks on the night of their wedding. We do a sneak peek night of slideshow. Um, (laughs) And then, so Sunday, I'm able to take that day off. And that means that Monday on my calendar, I'm going to have calling the wedding. I'm going to call the wedding. That's my biggest task. And then maybe on Tuesday, I'm going to choose and edit some of the blog photos. And then Wednesday, I'm going to blog that wedding. And by doing that, it just lets me know that like, it's okay for me to do this day by day, piece by piece. Um, and to give myself some breathing room. Cause otherwise Sean will wake up at seven and go to bed at seven next day. Like, <laughs> she will sit at this desk, you know, stay there until she gets everything that she wants to get done. So the fact that she has, you know, chunk things, you know, put on the, on, on the calendar and, you know, that way when she gets done with that, she knows that she's done for the day. Yeah. So there are a couple of things here. I mean, the significance certainly of, of using a calendar and even though it may seem somewhat elementary and obvious, it's, I think it's interesting. Uh, I'll just put it that way. How little people still take advantage of technology, even something like a calendar yeah. and more specifically synchronizing calendars, you know, whether it's with a family member or a business partner, uh, I think uh, we have, I have a calendar actually that I share uh, with my kids as well. And, you know, mm-hmm. having all of that in the same place just makes it so much easier, not only to, to keep an eye on what's going on, but then there's really never any excuse uh, for something that I know I bring this up quite a bit on the podcast, but I'm, I'm amazed pretty consistently with in the photo industry specifically, uh, but just in general as well that people have a hard time committing to something they're like, and I don't know if that's just, they don't want to hang out with me or what's going on, but there is a, there's a lack of willingness. It seems to commit to hanging out. If you say, Hey, you want to hang out or you want to, you want to do a photographer get together. You want to do this thing or, you know, make this trip for the weekend or whatever it is, just being able to glance at your calendar, know exactly what's going on and be able to, to commit to it right then um, is, is really not overly complicated. And yet it seems like people make that really complicated. So taking advantage of that's really important. And if you're not doing that, do whether it's Google calendar or the Apple, iCal, the calendar system, um, synchronicity is, is not difficult to set up and you can certainly take advantage of it, but then chunking tasks together is an interesting one. And, and not only that, Sean, as you pointed out, kind of spreading that out through the week, is is not a bad idea either because it helps minimize burnout. You can actually enjoy your life as an entrepreneur and take advantage of that freedom, that flexibility that, that we have. And I think that's important. But I also, Shauna, you mentioned being a type A. Jordan, would you consider yourself a type A? I'm a relaxed type A. I mean, <laughs> okay. yes, I'm still very type A, but I, I'm okay with moving things around more than Shauna is. Like, <laughs> Shauna says, you know, she has to do this today. I'd be like, okay, you know what? I could get it today, but I can also get it done tomorrow. It's no big deal. So I'm, I'm type A, but I'm more definitely more relaxed type A than Shana is. Okay. So, and, and I got that sense just in conversation so far, but I'm curious how you all have found um, the, I guess the best way to, to balance the differences in personalities, not only in your relationship, but ultimately as you run a business together, because I know that that can be challenging. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> nail on the head right there. Um, and so like, since Shana is the go getter, I have to be, and my personality is the very patient, you know, relaxed one. So like, you know, when Shauna gets in her in her, in her own head, uh, sorry, I started when I get excited. Uh, <laughs> when, when, when Shauna gets in her own, own head about tasks, I have to be the one and I am the one to just kind of, you know, like talk her down, talk her off the ledge as far as, you know, like, it's okay. You don't like, 
you promised the gallery in four weeks. It's day three. You'll be okay. <laughs> you, know? like, you don't have to get it done today. You know, we can push it till tomorrow. You'll be all right. Like, so yeah. that's definitely how our personalities work together, but also clash at the same time. So what does that look like when it comes to shooting? Because you're shooting weddings together as well? Yeah. Yes. So on wedding days, I mean, people ask us all the time, they're like, how is it? You know, you, you live together, you work together, you do everything together. And we're very real. We'll be honest with people and let them know, like, it is not always rainbows and butterflies. Like, it's a learning process yeah. every single time that we're doing. It doesn't matter if we've done the same task together 90 times. Right. The 91st time, there might be something new that we need to overcome. Um, so I think the biggest thing is just on wedding days, one, like Jordan said, he's really great at being very like relaxed and laid back and keeping things like very low pressure. Um, so shooting together is pretty easy because I lead everything. Um, I do the posing. I do everything as far as like, you know, engagement sessions go on wedding days. Jordan has his, you know, time with the guys that he leads. And I think for me, it's also been a really good learning process that like, I'm, I'm more willing to give things over to Jordan too. So as she didn't always used to be that, I didn't always (laughs) used to, but as things have gone on, like, for example, I would shoot absolutely everything on the like lead, absolutely everything on the wedding day, except for a groom and groomsman. Like that would be the only thing that Jordan would do. And even sometimes I would, I would be like, all right, Jordan, I'm going to shoot these, but you can pose them. Mm -hmm. Um, And now as we've gotten further and further in our business, it's like, you know, I find, I don't want to burn myself out. So I'm like, you know what, Jordan, I'm going to have you do family today. I'll call the names off the list, but you're going to photograph that that way or vice versa. Like Jordan, I'm exhausted. I cannot say another word. Can you read off the list and all photograph and, um, just kind of learning to let go on my part has been really helpful. Yeah. And the biggest thing too, is just remembering like at the end of the day, like, cause you know, sometimes there's weddings where things are really high stress and, you know, we just shot cock the, you know, all through cocktail hour. And cause the couple didn't do a first look and we're rushing into, you know, like the reception site to take some photos of the decor and we got to get the flash set up and, you know, our bags were moved and we can't find the flash. And it's like in those moments that I try really hard to remember, like my stress is not induced by Jordan and not to take it out on Jordan. Um, <laughs> and sometimes it's hard as a married couple, like he's the easy person for me to take it out on. And so our couples would never know. They would never know that we had any moment of stress because we're really great at hiding it from them. But for me, it's just been learning to like, just take a deep breath and just like, cause you know, theoretically speaking, like if you're a leader in any position, you, you know, like attitude reflects leadership. And so if I start to get overstressed and, you know, then, then I'm putting that onto Jordan and I don't want to do that. And so the biggest thing for me has been taking steps back on winning days and just taking a deep breath. Cause I know we're going to get it taken care of. We always do. We always deliver. I think that's the biggest one for me is just kind of learning through the process. And kind of like I mentioned earlier, like constantly self-improving at the end of wedding days, I will always look back and think like, okay, I was not necessarily nice to Jordan at that point in the day. I'm going to apologize. And how can I make that better for next time? And that's why she's my wife. Um, and two, <laughs> because she just quoted, remember the Titans. So throw that pop culture reference in there. Yeah. yeah. Well, but there are a couple of things, and this is certainly not a, a, or at least not meant to be a relationship podcast, but there's something there that you said, Shauna, that, that really stood out to me and, and then actually followed that up at the end with the significance of course, of self-awareness, like looking at it, going back, looking at a situation internally, mentally reviewing it, and then realizing maybe where you f- fell short. And then of course, setting ego aside and being willing to apologize, whether again, it's a, to a significant other or just a business partner or an employee or otherwise uh, being willing to apologize and admit that you were wrong. Uh, but even before that, you, you mentioned the, the significant, and this is, this is a huge, huge thing. I mean, if, if you all don't take anything else away from what is already, I think, a, a great episode today, uh, take away this, this point that Shauna made, which is the, the reality when you experience stress, that stress is 
your own doing in one form or another. Yes, you may be responding to an outside uh, stimuli of some kind, whether negative or positive, but but ultimately you have the ability to control that stress. That stress is yours to take responsibility for. And that is a massive realization. And, and again, something that I've been kind of, I guess, realizing internally, even in the last little bit myself, particularly with regards to my relationship with my girlfriend, and and that's a really big realization. It'll it'll shift a relationship even significantly if you stop blaming somebody else for your stress and start to take responsibility for it. And this again, this this holds true not only in personal relationships, particularly those with significant others, but then also in your business as well. Taking responsibility for how you feel will massively, massively change your life. And and a lot of that is driven by beliefs. We talk about the significance before in the podcast. Beliefs drive how you feel. And if those beliefs are strong enough, it'll it'll generate strong enough feelings then that will drive action. But understanding that your psychology, you have the ability to to change your psychology and ultimately how you feel, it, it'll change the way that you approach life and more specifically relationships as well. So I'm glad that you highlighted that there, Shauna. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's let's keep going because we're gonna we're gonna hit a really big topic here in just a second. But I have one more question for you all. When it comes to your camera bag, your gear, I know we could probably talk for quite a bit of time about whatever lenses or camera bodies, et cetera, that you use. But I'm curious what maybe the most unusual item is in your camera bag. And this does not have to be an actual camera or lens that <laughs> enables you to be a better photographer. Maybe I'll go to you on this one, Jordan, first. I think Jordan's laughing because he knows what I'm going to say. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> like, okay. like, it is not photography related at all. <laughs> no. So like, um, so I'm pretty sure Shauna is going to say her stick of deodorant yeah. is going to make her a better photographer. That is, that is awesome. Okay. All right. I'm just making sure I was correct there, Shauna. Yeah. yeah. Cause hers would be a stick of deodorant and mine would actually be our sweat rag. So <laughs> like, it's definitely things, you know, will will make us feel better about ourselves. Cause we're not worried about, you know, sweat dripping off of our nose, you know, like, yeah. So like people can just picture it, I'm sure right now. So no, we I, live in Florida. I get it. Yeah. Well, and I'm in Tennessee. So humidity is a very, very real thing in, oh, in July, August. And I, I remember actually one day I was, I was shooting a wedding and it was so hot that I had literally sweat through the shirt that I was wearing. And I had to call a friend or text a friend and yeah. ask them to bring a shirt to me. Um, because I, obviously I couldn't go around the rest of the rest of the day looking like I'd you know just taken a shower in my clothes. It was it was so bad. But I totally get it. That's actually largely why I wear the, the black T-shirts that so many people see me in all the pictures. And um, and and actually when I was shooting weddings, I went to a. I wish I could remember the combination of material because it was it was perfect. Honestly, it was a short sleeve button down, a black short sleeve button down with a combination of like cotton maybe nylon, rayon, something like that, that was kind of sweat or it would wick sweat away. Yeah. Yeah. And and that was really, really, it was easy to work in. um, But it was also helpful on those really hot days because it helps minimize, you don't see the sweat stains. And I know this, this conversation is getting really gross for everybody out there, but the reality is this is, this (laughs) is a, it is real for sure. It's practical and it's something to consider. Okay. So sweat rag and deodorant, any particular type of deodorant that you recommend, Shauna? Yeah, it's I use men's trial deodorant. And error. Trial and error. I, I use woman. men's deodorant. So, do you like it um, for the smell or, or the effect of it? No, just because it lasts. Man, okay. I tell you what, women's products are the worst. Like, <laughs> They're more expensive, but they don't last as well. Um, no, but what is it? Old Spice that I use? Yep. Yes. Yeah, like Bear Glove is the scent, and it's actually kind of a feminine smelling scent. So okay. that's why I like that one. 
love. Um, and after a deodorant, I mean, this isn't super unusual. A lot of people use it, but probably for me after deodorant would be a stool. Um, I'm five foot three. I'm a little short. So I'm constantly on a stool all day long. That's true. I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> for those of you who need to uh, kind of improve your camera gear bag, uh, throw some deodorant and a sweat rag in there, your life will be better for it. <laughs> well, your clients will thank you. For sure. It's an easy <laughs> right. go-to to make you feel better about yourself. That's great. Well, um, let's let's go ahead and push forward into what is our primary topic today. And this has to do with ultimately capturing your ideal client. And you know, this is, again, I'm, I'm surprised that we haven't really covered this topic in detail yet. Um, here at the at the podcast, we're well over uh, at this point two hundred and fifty episodes in, and um, it this is a massive, massive topic, and we could p- potentially do multiple episodes on it. But I, you all can actually speak from personal experience here. And, and Shauna, you mentioned to me an email leading up to our interview mm-hmm. today uh, that you were able to to create a full time gig in wedding photography in just six months. But it wasn't just kind of any random clients. Uh, it was actually largely with ideal clients. So I'd love to kind of get into how you ended up in this ideal scenario, if you will, be able to serve the people that are most important to your brand. But before we do that, if you will, and, and maybe this is obvious to some, but particularly newer photographers, what? how would you define this phrase, ideal client? I, this is literally probably like the best question that you could ever ask me because I think that's for some people out there, it's kind of, I've seen misconceptions on what an ideal client is. Okay. And so I, as teachers, we, we know that if you don't know the definition from the start, it's going to be hard for you to, you know, follow along or learn or master something at the end of the task. Yes. So this question is, I just love this question so much. So an ideal client is not a beautiful client. An ideal client might not necessarily mean that they are a rich client. An ideal client does not mean that they have to be in the elite group. An ideal client to us, at least, is someone who sets your like your soul and heart on fire. It is someone that when you work with them, you leave your session with more joy than when you started it. It's someone who, when you get an email from them in your inbox, your stomach doesn't drop because they're questioning everything that you're saying and they're trying to change everything around. Um, an ideal client at the root is someone who trusts you and makes your job enjoyable, someone who you want to work with. Um, And that to me, like in itself, that is an ideal client. Now, each of us are going to have different characteristic traits to our ideal clients. And also like to me, ideal clients is the reason that we have community over competition because none of us all have the same ideal client. So once you understand and really, really know that your ideal client is different from other people, that comparison game goes away and you can start supporting other people in the industry. Well, and I have to jump in here and I appreciate you kind of elaborating that on that in, in detail. Uh, but this goes back to the significance of brand position. Some listening in, especially again, if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you might be like, why in the world does Nate continue to harp on this idea of brand <laughs> position? You know, I mean, it's not a phrase that you really even hear about in the industry. Go to a conference and, and tell me the last time it is that you heard that, that phrase brand position. But this is part of, uh, Shauna, you pointed out the, the community over competition, part of what enables that is actually having a distinct brand position. So you're, you're mm-hmm. calling out to your an ideal client with, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a phrase. You guys did it with a, a wonderful phrase, a very simple, very poignant phrase. Um, but you're calling out to that ideal client through that brand position or brand message. And, and the more specific, the better, because then you are drawing in the person who, Shauna, as you pointed out, someone that you actually want to work with and who you want to work with hopefully is going to be 
in some cases, even drastically different than the mm -hmm. photographer next door. So that's really, really important to note the significance of when we're talking about this ideal client, the more specific that you are, the better position you are in to be able to build mm -hmm. a business. And Jordan, were you starting to, to jump in and, and comment on that as well? No, I was going to say mic drop. Like she nailed it right on the head. That's, not, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that's good. Well, so did you all know who your ideal client was before you started your business? Was, was this something that was like, all right, we're going to be professional photographers. And now quickly we need to decide who we're going to, to try to reach. It's a unique. Um, I mean, we all have, you know, unique exper yeah. well, experiences leading up to like, you know, starting businesses. And, you know, sometimes you look back on things and you're like, oh, well, I guess I learned that in my life. So I actually did not when I first started my business, I didn't sit down and go, okay, I'm going to make an ideal client profile because I need to know who I'm talking to. Um, when I was in college, I actually worked for Old Navy. And Old Navy was killing the ideal client profile game before it was even a thing like out there in the world. I never, I mean, this is back in, I don't know, maybe 2009, their ideal client, her name was Kelly. And she was, I want to say she was 26 years old. She was married and she had two kids. She was a working mom. And these were things that Old Navy made you learn about the ideal client because they wanted you to know who you were talking to and how to serve the people who come into the store. So I learned all of this before even starting my business, years and years before starting my business. And it was just something that kind of was very innate with me. Like you need to know who you're trying to serve in order for them to want to have you serve them. Um, so when I started my business, I never really like sat down and really did like, you know, um, like the steps that I would teach to other people, because it was just kind of like ingrained in my brain. I didn't even realize that I was doing it. I just knew that I wanted to get the people that I wanted to work with. And I was going to, what you put out there, you get back. Um, but it wasn't until people started to ask me, other photographers would be like, how are you booking all these amazing clients who love to work with you? They're your tribe. They're referring you to everyone. Like, how are you doing this? And that's kind of how the Cooney classroom came to life um, was because people, basically photographers made me self-aware of like what I was doing. Other people didn't know. I didn't know that other people didn't know how to speak to an ideal client or who that person even was. So that's kind of like how it all kind of came to life. So, but that translated, it seems like immediately, I mean, you, you came away yeah. from old Navy with this perspective about who, what, what it meant to, to target and not only target, but ultimately speak to effectively mm -hmm. speak to that ideal client. So how did you, I mean, this, the fact that you were able to go or turn your business into a full-time gig in just six months is an unusual story. But was this a lot of what enabled you to grow that quickly? I think so. So when I launched my business, I basically went ahead and my the quick story is my sister, I did my sister's maternity photos. I launched a giveaway with some of those maternity photos because Jordan encouraged me to. He's like, you could do something with this. So I did. Um, and so with that giveaway that I launched, that was a real, that was to me a huge turning point and really just the launch of the business, the people who were entering because of the wording. And I think because of the photo choices that I made were able to attract specific people. It was more of like an application kind of thing. Um, the people that I chose for the giveaway, I immediately knew that I wanted to choose people who would attract more people like them. And so I think just from the get go, I was constantly trying to put out there the kind of clients that we were looking for. And I do think that that's, it's a big, big piece of not just why we were successful, because a lot of our success just came from the hustle. I was working really, really hard during that time, like reaching out to people like, you know, in those like Facebook swap groups, someone would be like, oh, I'm getting married. I would reach out to every single one of them. But wow. I didn't just reach out to them and say, let me book, like book with me. I would send them a message that literally would go through 
who Jordan and I were and why we're great at what we do. So I would be like, Hey, so-and-so congratulations on your wedding. My name's Shauna, you know, just a little bit about me. I'm engaged to the love of my life. We love, love, love drinking wine, watching the office while eating, you know, a cheese board or popcorn with jalapenos. Yeah. Powder popcorn, on it, right? popcorn with jalapeno <laughs> topping. We're big charcuterie board lovers. Like cheese is our favorite, but basically popcorn's our budget cheese. Yeah, <laughs> <true>. <laughs> <laughs> or else we would spend our life savings on cheese. But from the beginning, I knew that in order for them to want to talk to me, they'd have to know who I am and to know if we were a good fit for them. And so that I think was how I was able to not just attract anyone who wanted to get married, but people who specifically were clicking with us. And like, to say that we love the office, that can really repel a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, like the office is, you know, there's a lot of people out there who are just like, Ugh, I don't like it. Some people still get past that and they still love us. But we're <laughs> definitely putting, we're definitely putting something strong out there by saying that, you know, we love the office and charcuterie boards, you know, and that's, that's a, that's a statement that we, I was always willing to make. Like we like to have fun. You're going to have fun with us. And so that's, I think it is a huge piece of, of what made us successful was being able to speak to who we wanted to speak to, because then in, in turn, they were sending their friends to us and they were telling everyone they knew about us and their tribe was also going to likely be filled of other ideal clients. Yeah, and that, that uh, kind of, or not cumulative effect, I guess there's partially a cumulative effect, but also the domino effect is, <laughs> is interesting. And I, my business, my former business partner started a, a lifestyle and baby portrait photography kind of sub business within our brand. And it, it happened, it, that happened ultimately, it grew and grew very quickly as a result of that initial connection to somebody who was also mm-hmm. well connected in that particular community. And, and it it was, it was incredible how quickly that grew because now you have people who want to be as cool as that person who just was photographed by Holritz photography. And, uh, but let's make this even more tangible, more specific for our listeners. And I, I, this is a, to borrow a cliche where this is a huge passion of mine to make sure that we're leaving our listeners with some, some actionable takeaways. So we walk us through some specific steps that you took to draw in your ideal client, launch your business in, in such a kind of dramatic fashion, if you will, so that our listeners can, can take these ideas and go apply it in their business. So the, this is kind of not one of the steps, but the very first thing that I'm going to put in here, that's like an underlying must have is the hustle. Um, the the reason we did what we did was 100% attributed to the drive and the desire to kind of, you know, be full-time photographers, but also, which leads me into the first step, which is determining your why. Well, and before you go there, Sean, if you don't mind, when one of the things that I'm realizing again, for myself anyway, is when we talk about the idea of hustle, um, I realized, at least personally, that my bigger issue, if you will, was consistency. Because I could mm-hmm. work really, really hard for a, a spurt of time, like a, a segment of time, and then fall off, right? Because the, you lose the excitement. The excitement wanes, your energy kind of drains, if you will. And and then you go for a period of time not working as hard, and then you jump back in, you go really hard again. Consistency makes a big difference too. So not only working hard, but figuring out how hard you can work for a consistent amount of time, you know, for a week or a month or however long you need to before you need then to go take a break. I think consistency matters too, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because what you said, um, I've ran half marathons in the past and what you said just reminded me of it's literally running a half marathon. You're not running, you know, a, a mile or, you know, a 5k even you need to know in your head, like, like, 
have, have an idea of like, okay, I can put in an hour every day after work of networking and reaching out to people yeah. or whatever that time frame looks like for you. Hustle isn't going to look like the same from person to person. I love that you said that because it's true. It's going to look different for every person as to how much you can put into it. I don't have children. If I had kids, that would have looked completely different for us. And so I, I definitely agree with that. I think it's important to have the longevity in there for sure. Yeah. Sustainability is important. All right. But let, let's get specific. What, what are these steps that our listeners should consider in going after their ideal client? So I think that the biggest thing like is one to me is determining your why Jordan and I, of course, have financial wise. We have reasons that we're doing this that, you know, of course, align with our family and, you know, income that we want to make and our future life goals. But we would never be able to have the grit that we have if we didn't know our why, which yeah. for us is impacting marriages, right? Which we kind of answered in that first question yeah. that, that you talked about. You do. But, but again, there, it goes beyond yourselves, right? It, you point out yes. the fact that you've got personal goals, but ultimately this why is about something that's bigger than yourself, which means that really you kind of, you'll always be able to reach toward it if you want to. Yes. And we do, um, this isn't like a plug, like this is literally a 100% free thing that we do for photographers out there because we believe so much in why yeah, or business owners, but we do a free five day to why challenge a a few times in the year. Um, and it is literally, we do a step-by-step process and we hop into a Facebook group. We're answering questions. It's completely free. There's no gimmicks. It's nothing like that. Um, and it's literally, this is a piece of our classroom that we just do for free for people because we, we believe so like it is truly so powerful. to know your why, because one is what's going to drive you day in and day out. Like when I'm completely exhausted, I think of our couples, I think of why we're doing what we're doing and what impacts we're making in their, in their marriages, in their lives. And it's, it's, it's more than me. It gives me a reason to keep on pushing. So that is a huge one. And also we always say like, if you don't know why you're doing what you're doing for your clients, your clients never will. You'll never be able to attract that ideal client. If you can't explain to them why they need your service, what impact or what value are you going to add into their lives. So to me, that's, that's the foundation. You have to know the why. Well, and that also helps drive your, your, your day-to-day activities too. We've talked about this on the podcast quite a bit, but not only does it, does it sustain you and and energize you to push beyond, you know, being tired or not feeling it that particular day, not quote being in the mood or whatever it might be, but it also can literally guide the way that you spend your time day-to-day. So if, if there's ever a question about what do I need to do next or what's most important, Literally, that that underlying why should be driving everything that you do, what you're spending time on, the software that you're using, the gear that you're using, who you're connecting with, how much time you're spending on social media, whatever it might be, should be driven ultimately by that why. And that helps create a significant amount of clarity in your business. It really does. We actually talk about that a lot in our classroom as well that we do. Like we call it the why funnel. Like every choice you make in your business should run through your why. Does this align with why you're running your business? So like I said that we give that book that aligns with our why we want to create images that impact marriages. Our goal is to impact marriages. That book will impact every marriage that we meet, whether they're working with us or not. Then after the determining your why, once you know what value you're trying to add to your client's lives, um, the second step I would say would be to do an ideal client brain dump. So open up your client management system, look through the people that you've worked with. And I like to think of it as like three columns, but if you can think of more categories, that's fine. The three columns we would recommend would be the most profitable, the most referring clients, 
and then the repeat clients and just kind of dump them down. It doesn't matter. They, they might go in multiple categories. My most profitable might be also the most referring and they might be coming back for more photos. Um, but it's important for us to look at these three categories because then what we can do is that kind of brings us into step three. And after you've listed them all out in all of the different columns, you can determine what characteristics these people shared. Were they all re- like, were, you know, they all joyful? Were they all professionals? Did they all go to college? Were they, you know, maybe even beyond that? Were they, you know, lawyers and doctors, or maybe they were teachers and nurses and they were really nurturing and caring. Or maybe they're all coffee drinkers. Yeah. Are they all coffee drinkers? Were they all cat lovers? There might be things that you can find in that list that would surprise you. Um, And it's just a really nice, like we're very much like you, you know, as teachers, we do all hands-on everything. Everything we do is hands-on. And so we love this activity because it gives our, like, it's just, when people talk about ideal clients, a lot of them, a lot of, you know, whatever out there articles, what it might be, doesn't give you the resources that you need to actually figure out who this person is. And this is just such a nice, tangible, hands-on way for you to actually get names in front of you. So you can start to look at those people and figure out what traits do they share and how did they make you feel? And it's also on past clients. Like It seems like a lot of people, when they talk about ideal clients, it's about future couples or future clients. So like in, in our, our brain dump, we're talking about past clients, mm-hmm. ones that you loved working with mm-hmm. and why you loved working with them and characteristics about them. I wanted to understand a little bit more the significance of those three columns. You said most profitable, uh, those who would refer the most business to you, did you say is the second column? Yep. Yep. And then those who would come yep. back the most, the, 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 the best repeat clients, if you will. Yep. Yeah. So for example, a repeat client, you know, obviously would be um, somebody who books an engagement session, a wedding, and then a maternity session, a family session. So for us, that that, that would be a repeat client. Uh, most referring is just like if there's a couple out there, you know, that obviously, you know, gives us another couple or another consultation. And obviously the most profitable is who who has spent the most money on your business. Okay. So then based on on those clients who you're able to note under those columns, then you said you you take that information and, and then the third step is to to determine what characteristics that they share? Correct. Got it. Okay. So that's helping you develop a more specific picture of this person or these people that you're then going to target as your so-called ideal client? Yes. So by looking at the people who are, because Jasmine Starr <laughs> always says like 20% of your income is going to come from like 80% of the people who you already, wait, 80% of the income comes from 20% of the go. people that you work with. Yeah, I had it backwards. So those most referring and repeat, like I like to think of those as those are the ones that are going to, they're your tribe. They're the ones that are bringing in that 80%, even if like, you know, most referring, okay, no, they're not technically booking with you, but you're, they're bringing in that money for you. They're bringing in those clients for right. you. Right. And there's a reason why they're referring you to. So there's actually specific reasons that we chose each of those columns. Did you want to know why? Because I feel like you were going to ask us that. Yeah, feel free. Go, go ahead. Okay. Okay. So obviously the most profitable, those are the people who are willing to spend the most money with you. So they didn't just book you, but they booked your top package. There's something really special about that client that's willing to go ahead and not just spend money with you, but to splurge with you. Um, and I think that there's something special in that traits that they're going to have. And you're probably going to find that those people have a lot of trust with you. Hmm. So if you can see any sort of characteristic traits with those, like I said, so maybe they're teachers and you're booking a lot of teachers who don't have a lot of money, but they're spending the most money with you. Well, teachers are really nurturing and caring. So that tells you something about the people who are willing to spend the most money with you. Interesting. Um, for the most referring, maybe those people are 
in college and they're your seniors, whatever it might be. Um, so they're, they're kind of younger. That gives you an idea of your age range. And then the repeat clients, those are the, you know, like Jordan was saying, the people who come back and book anniversary sessions for us, some of our, I will not say any names because <laughs> this is like secret, but we have a couple who's booked a secret elopement with us, their engagement session, their wedding day, anniversary session, and then their maternity session. And, and they said they're going to book the next family session. Yeah. And so there's something really special about that client and the loyalty that they share it with right, us. Right. So I want to know what about that the people in that column makes them feel that loyal piece to us. So it's kind of like a, there's something a little bit different that I'm finding out from each of those types of clients. But this is interesting. And, and Jordan, you pointed something out, which is the significance of looking to your past clients versus future clients. So you're, it, it seems as though, and, and help me clarify if, if you need to, but you're building a profile based on those you've interacted with versus saying, all right, this is where I'm at right now, but this is where I want to go. Is, is that correct? Yeah, because like your dream client doesn't really exist. Like you can you, you can picture the perfect couple and like everything that you want them to be, but it's not real. It's not true. You're never going to come across that person. I always joke that it's like a, my 13 year old self creating my my husband. Like right, like all little girls they have yeah they have it written down somewhere. It's like this is going to be my future husband. Yeah, yeah. Be a professional athlete, and he's going to be I don't know. He's got blue eyes and brown hair, and I'm kind yeah. of I'm kind of describing Jordan a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah, no big deal. No big deal. <laughs> but no, the, we always <laughs> say this too to people: is like your ideal client doesn't exist. That's okay. But by looking, it's hard for us to look in the future when people are like, "Oh, who do I want to work with?" I think that people start to think of really, really. Um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Kind of like meaningless traits. Yeah, arbitrary. Um, yeah, our, that's the thank you. They look at things that are arbitrary rather than looking at the things that are more meaningful. Hmm. So, like our ideal client, we can tell you that they love experiences over things. Although they're willing to splurge on a few quality, like high quality items, they would rather go to South Africa for two weeks than have a closet filled with Louboutins. They might have a pair in there, but they're not going to have a closet full of it because they know that they would rather create memories. And that's something that I can only learn by looking at our past clients. I actually just explained one of our clients, Samantha and CJ, um, and they're really close to, to our ideal client profile. But I would have, if I dreamed up my ideal client, it might be so far from who I actually want to work with because I can't, I haven't used any of my experiences to help form that person. So I, the natural question, I guess here would be for those who are just starting, how do they mm-hmm. get to this place where they're able to determine ideal the, client, do they, do you recommend that they just start shooting a lot and working with a variety of people in order to get to this place where they can then determine what their ideal client is? So I think that just starting to shoot is definitely important. Um, I think that also to some degree, we know the type of people that we want to work with in the sense that they're going to be loving. They're going to be trustworthy. They're going to want to work with us. Those are easy traits that we know we can, you know, those are people who we want to work with, but actually something that I always tell them too, is just to open up Facebook. And look at people who are their friends. And why would you want to work with some of your friends over other friends? Um, even if you haven't actually photographed those people, it still gives you a place to begin of knowing what kind of traits. Some people out there, they know that they want to work with people who are like, they're going to cry during their session. And they're going to make the most moving, soft, powerful images with those couples, right? I think of like, Benjamin Clifford, when I say that, like I know my, our friend Ben, like, oh he man, he's awesome. Really, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Ben gets like those really epic adventure shots, yeah. but Jordan and I are going to get the really fun, giggly, like silly couples who like just, you know, want to love on their friends. Just um, enjoy the day. 
And so like, I don't even have to work with anyone to know those small things, if that makes sense. But the more people that you work with and the more I'm really big on self-reflection, the more reflective you can be on the people that you've worked with, that's where you're going to get the really, really specifics. So what level of education does this person have? How did they meet their spouse? Um, Like I said, you're making your dream boyfriend, your fake boyfriend, right? Like what did, how did most of these people meet their spouses? How, what level of of education do most of these people have? Um, What kind of things do they value the most? How are they spending their time when you look at these couples? And once you've worked with some of those couples and you can put them into those categories of profitable referring and repeat, you're going to start to see some similarities across them. Huh. This is, this is a really interesting way to go about it. I don't know. I've heard, actually heard photographers communicate this way, this idea of looking back versus looking forward. But you make an interesting point, which is that, that these, these ideas that we have in our mind of a dream client, that in some cases, I mean, they, they are actually quite arbitrary. And the reality is you may be sitting right in the middle of a, of a gold mine, if you will, of really wonderful clients that you've had the opportunity to work with. And, and not only that, that you can learn from and then determine this very specific profile so that you know how to continue to draw those particular clients in. Um, so th- this is, this is quite interesting. And by the way, you mentioned Ben, Benjamin Clifford, we've had Ben on the podcast. So shout out to Ben. Actually, for those yeah. of you listening in, if you go to, um, uh, currently anyway, and, and, and toward the end of April of 2019, um, Ben, one of Ben's beautiful, adventurous images, as Shauna pointed out is, is on the homepage at photographersedit.com. You can see his work there too, but this has been, this has been really interesting. All right. So you start with determine your why, and then mm-hmm. ultimately, do an ideal client brain dump, right? Go create these three yeah. columns, most profitable, most referring, uh, the biggest repeat clients and and figure out then number three, what characteristics these clients share. Um, is that's, that's three steps. Do you have one more to yeah. share with us, Shauna? Yeah, this is where you create your dream boyfriend. Um, step four <laughs> is creating the ideal client profile. Okay. So in this, I always say like get nitty gritty. Like you want to tell me every single fake thing about this dream boyfriend, given the information that you found um, in those characteristics. So you should have been able to find, and if not, then you can kind of come to some conclusion. Like, you know, most of those people were teachers. Okay. So they went to college. Right. Um, so in there, you want to tell me every single thing about this person. And this is another one where people say like, Oh, create your ideal client profile. And then they don't give like any actual, like, Steps yeah, steps. to do. Hmm. So I want to know what is this person's name? You can give me an age range. It doesn't have to be a specific age. So, you know, maybe they're 25 to 30. How did they meet? Did they meet, you know, in college or in grad school or are they high school sweethearts? Because again, that's going to, these little decisions that you're making on the people that you want to attract are vastly different. Mm-hmm. Meeting someone in grad school is totally different as a as a relationship, as people in general, than someone who were high school sweethearts. Because a high school, like, and this is what we tell people in our classroom too, is like, think about, again, run this through your why funnel. Think about the decisions that you're making and what are you conveying to people? If you tell someone, a Cooney couple is someone who met, they, they have lasted the test of time already. They're with their high school sweetheart. That says a whole lot of difference in a relationship than someone who met when they were in college. It doesn't mean that they are not still committed, but it means that they had a different track for their relationship. Are they a coffee tinker, drink drinker, or coffee are tinker. They, coffee tinker? <laughs> are they <laughs> are they a coffee drinker or are they a tea drinker? Now, really, a coffee drinker and a tea you I could be one and Jordan could be the other, and we could really be very similar. 
But there's associations that we make with those words just naturally that are different. A coffee drinker in our brain is different from a tea drinker in our brain. They might not be in real life, but we're telling people something with the choices that we make. And here's another one that we always say, like, these are actually both a part of our brand. So we're kind of, we teeter totter on two difference, but like a wine drinker versus a craft beer drinker. You kind of think of two different people there. Do they like to only listen to podcasts or do they like to read books? Like there's just different things that when as human beings, we make associations with these things. And so those are the things that I want people to start to put into their ideal client profile. And I want them to be intentional about what they're using because you are going to start to attract a specific kind of person. Maybe there's someone out there who doesn't qualify with half of what a Cooney couple is, but they read in our ideal client, because we'll put it out there. We will write who our ideal client is directly in our captions. We tell the world, we're like a Cooney couple is blah, blah, blah. Um, and we are big fans of like, tell people who you want them to be because half of the time, remember this ideal client doesn't exist. They're not going to connect with all of the things, but they're going to read one of those things and they're going to want to belong to that. Right. If they fit, you know, if they, you know, they read it and they're like, Oh, I want to be a Cooney couple. Ooh, I like craft beer. I could be a Cooney couple. Maybe they don't belong to any of the other things, but they were able to make a real connection with one of those items. And then they start to see themselves in the other pieces. Well, and you can actually see for those of you listening in, you can see an example of what Shauna is talking about. If you go to Shauna and Jordan, and then again, that's spelled S H A U N A and Jordan J O R D O N.com into the about section, there's, there's this kind of rotating screen, if you will, that, that actually says what it means to be a hashtag Cooney couple. And there are these descriptors that, that actually get into what a Cooney couple is or who a Cooney couple is. And uh, you can see an example of this. I mean, I, I like the fact that it's just out there front and center and almost a, like a, a natural filter, if you will, for those who are coming to visit your site and, and, if they identify with those statements, then great. And if not, maybe, maybe they're not the perfect fit, but you're able to be that specific because you've actually taken the time to develop this client profile, this ideal client profile in the way that you all have outlined here. And, um, that, that makes a big, big difference. This isn't just something that we talk about. This can actually enable an effort at marketing and ultimately drawing in a client that can make a big difference in your business. So, uh, I, I know this is a loaded topic. You all have really wonderfully outlined it uh, in a very, very easy to understand and kind of a unique fashion. I, I, again, I love that kind of looking back at those who you've worked with and developing the profile that way. But for those of you listening in, I, you may be curious to check out more, maybe learn more. So uh, Shauna Jordan, will you share where our listeners can follow up? They can follow you online on, on uh, social media and also learn more about some of the education that you offer? Yeah, absolutely. Um, our handle is Shauna and Jordan Photography. Um, that's Facebook and Instagram. Um, and then again, that's S H A U N A. And then Jordan's name is J O R D O N. We're just super cool that way. That we have <laughs> <laughs> super, super complicated, yeah. super complicated names. And then our website is just Shauna and Jordan.com. Um, though if you type in Shauna and Jordan Photography, it'll still get you there. So yeah, that's where we are. Instagram mostly is where I, I tend to hang out. Um, and I'm always hanging out in my DMS. If people send me questions, I truly, the teacher in me loves, just loves helping other people. So, and the Cooney classroom is, uh, found on, on our website. As yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. If you go for those of you again, listening in, if you go to Shauna and Jordan.com, scroll down and you'll see a section there that says the Cooney classroom and it links from there. So we'll put all of this in the show notes, bocapodcast.com. Check out the show notes, take advantage of them. And, um, Shauna and Jordan, thank you all so much for making time for Boca today. Oh, you are so welcome. Thank right you so much for you. having us. Yeah, it's been so much fun. 
Thanks so much for listening to the Boca Podcast today. Will you let us know what you think by leaving a review of the podcast in iTunes or maybe in the Apple Podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast, maybe suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My direct email is nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Photographers Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Just visit photographersedit.com. Thank you.